This is week two of our series, Mask. Um, last week, I talked about um, pain behind the mask. I talked about how how your mask only lasts for a certain amount of time when you're in pain. And it only suppresses a certain amount, and then all of a sudden, you burst out in pain. And I talked about how hiding in God's presence reduces that, even though you're going through some terrible situations. And the Lord challenged a lot of us last week to deal with the pain. Instead of stuffing it, instead of thinking that God took it away, no, it's still there. It's time to deal with it. And that's what I talked about last week. For week two, I want to start off with Isaiah 41, 9 through 13. It says, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who try to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. Isaiah had a word from the Lord that he spoke to the people, the people of Israel, but really the people of God, which does include us. He is saying, do not be afraid. I am with you. Obviously on the topic of masks, the one mask I thought about was a firefighter mask. Who knows someone who's a firefighter? Do you have a relative that's a firefighter? Okay, nobody has a relative that's a firefighter except Abby in the back. So the fire, so this mask that a firefighter wears, they wear it to keep all the smoke and pollution of the air away from their own face. They never step foot into a burning building without it. And that's, that's, that's the main component. They, no one's going to go into a burning building without wearing some type of mask to protect their, their lungs, their face, because either their face can be burned or their lungs can be destroyed from the smoke. And it's, it's a toxic atmosphere. It's a toxic atmosphere for a firefighter to go into a burning building and to be suffocated by the fire or to be suffocated by the smoke or to be burned alive. He wears that to protect himself. And I think a lot of us can relate to that in the facts of a mask when it comes to the topic of fear. A lot of us use a mask from fear not to be fake, but we're trying so hard from fear not to suffocate from the fear that tries to surround us. The atmosphere of fear, the suffocation of fear that surrounds us sometimes like a burning building. We try to stay away from it or as at least wear a mask to protect ourselves from that fear. And a lot of us wear a mask to survive the atmosphere around us. Because if it weren't for wearing that mask, you feel like you would suffocate. Question, are you wearing a mask to protect yourself? Are you using something that's not really 
helping anything. It's really just protecting you because you don't wear, because last week I talked about how you wear a mask to hide your pain, but some of us wear a mask to protect ourselves from fear. And not just that, we use it as a protection because we do have fear, because we do get afraid. So we wear it before we go into the burning building. That's logical. A firefighter should not go into a burning building without wearing a mask without wearing a suit. They shouldn't go in there because of that. But for some of us, when it comes to fear, when it comes to dread, when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to overthinking, we will often put a mask on to protect ourselves instead of letting God's presence protect us from fear and anxiety. We use other tactics to protect ourselves from fear and anxiety. We don't use God. We use other things to protect ourselves from anxious moments, anxious thoughts, anxious decisions. We use other things, not just a physical mask, but a mental one, an emotional one. Whatever it comes to, to protect yourself from fear, you use that mask, whatever type it is. Doesn't matter what type you use, it's a mask. And so tonight I wanna show you, and I believe that God has a solution for you to use so that we can step into our true selves and thrive in his presence. The title for tonight for week two is Fear Beyond the Mask. Fear Beyond the Mask. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, I ask, Lord, that it doesn't fall on deaf ears, but Lord, it falls on fertile soil, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that that this would rest on our hearts tonight, that it would bring clarity to certain things about fear that we might not know of. And Lord, I pray that your word will speak through walls, Lord, of, of, of blockage, Lord, of our hearts. I pray that it would speak directly to us as your word should, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We respond to fear like it belongs in our lives. We act like fear is the number one pick that we do. The first tactic is to accept fear. The first tactic is to let fear in. Now, your first thought is, no, I don't let fear in. You do. One way or another, you let fear in. Whether it's from your own scarcity in you, or it's the situation that's too big for you. You will let fear in, no matter what it is, whether it's small or big. I've always learned this, that the... Even if, I don't care if you have a strong will, I don't care if you have a weak will, fear penetrates both. Fear penetrates the strongest wills and fear penetrates the weakest wills. Fear to a weak will, you will be a slave to fear. To someone who has a strong will, a strong will is mostly intimidated by fear. So both wills are attacked. So if you sit in this room with all your pride and say, I don't get afraid, you're lying. You're lying to not just me or anyone, you lie to yourself because everyone has a dosage of fear, whether it comes from situations or people or even ourselves, we get afraid. Remember, fear does not come from God and it should have no place 
in our hearts. That's what 2 Timothy 1.7 is saying. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We don't inherit fear. We decide to let it in. You see what I'm saying? You don't let, fear is not in you automatically. So you can't, so you can't, you can't say that fear was already in you. It wasn't ever supposed to be in there to begin with. It is you who has given the fear access to your heart in order for you to be afraid, you let it in the first place. Fear was never meant to be in your heart. Love, power, and self-discipline was supposed to be in your heart, but you let the fear in. You let the anxiety in. You let those things in. I talked about that when I preached the word couple, I think about a month ago where I talked about doors, where I talked about how you let fear in. That's your door. You let anxiety in. That's your door. So it's your door, aka your decision to let things in. And when we begin to fear, I believe that God wants to remind us that he is for us. Back in Isaiah 41 at the first part, where he says, I've called you back from the ends of the earth saying, you are my servant. I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Verse 10 says this, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I am your God. See, the thing is, is that he's called us his servant. He has already called us before the foundations of the earth. And he has already put us in position to be his. But the, the problem is our, I've been on a roll lately about preaching about our decisions. Because as a teenager, you're not really taught about your decisions. I wish I was taught about my decisions when I was younger. Because all of my decisions were based off of feelings. And it was based off of other people's sayings. And if I would have learned to go with what God was saying rather than what others said or what I was speaking to myself, I would have been maybe even in a better place. Now, God's put me in a good place now. But if I would have listened to his voice and not listened to the other voices that were around me or even my own feelings, I would have never been in the places where I shouldn't have been. The places that really made me more miserable than I thought it would do me good. So... It's his voice. It's the voice of God that takes us out of that fear if we would listen to it, if we would be acceptable to it. That means his word. That means listening to what he speaks in your heart or in your mind. When you have thoughts of goodness, when you have thoughts of the Lord, we should listen to that more than to the thoughts of ourselves because sometimes our thoughts are not trustworthy. I love the phrase that it says in Isaiah where he says, he will not throw you away. This means that God has no intention to throw you to the gutter. This means God has no intention of throwing you down to places that are beneath who you are. He has no plan to throw you in the trash like others do. He has a plan. And that breaks fear. Because if I trust God and I trust that he knows the plan that he has for my life, why do I need to be afraid? The fear beyond the mask is that we believe the fear and trust the fear, even though we don't want to admit it, we trust the fear more than we trust God. 
And the challenge is, is am I going to be receptible to the fears listening, the fears voice, or am I going to be susceptible and accepting God's voice of what he has spoken over my life? And that's the affirmation, y'all. Your worth is great in the eyes of the Lord. Your worth is very powerful in the eyes of, of, of our Father. So when you do feel insecure and when you do ha- doubt who God is, it causes us to live in fear and anxiety and we hide behind the mask because we let fear. I, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago and the devil likes to do this sometimes because there's a saying that we all say and I said it before we did life groups and I talked about how we always listen to a famous two words, what if. Those are two amazing words that our anxious thoughts crave. We crave what ifs. When we hear a what if, it brings us into a thousand questions. Now, what if is not bad. Like before I preach to you, I'm like, okay, I probably shouldn't say this because what if they take it the wrong way? Or what if all they remember in my sermon is I talked about this funny joke? Or what if this and what if that and what if this? And so it's good for a moment. And I've said this before. It was good in the moment, me trying to figure out my what ifs. I was starting to solve problems before I would preach. But because I kept doing that with my what if, I stopped solving problems And I started shrinking God because I was so caught up in my what if. I was so caught up in what if this, what if that, what if they, what if they do this, what if they do that. And I got caught up in it. And as I kept getting caught up in it, I kept kept listening to these voices. It caused me to retreat from what God had said. Not because God wasn't speaking, it's because I wasn't listening to God because I was, I was trying to solve my own problems and I wasn't receptible to what God was speaking. And I let the fear in of what if, what if they, what if this happens? What if, what if, what if? When we feel insecure and when we doubt who God is, because that's what it is. When you say what if, we won't say it. That means you doubt God. Now, are you judged for that? Absolutely not, because everybody does it. Everybody doubts God. I don't care how, how much you read your word or how much you pray or how much you do this and that, how, mu- how many times you're going to crochet a cross. I don't care. I know that everybody doubts God in this room, whether it's from a what if to a I don't think I can do this. Because even when you say, I don't think I can do this, this means that you're limiting the gift that God gave you. So you doubt the gift that God gave you, which means you doubt God. So you live in doubt of God, but you don't say it that way. You say, what if they, or what if I can't do it? Or, or, or what if I can't love again? You start to really not doubt yourself. You don't really doubt other people. You doubt God ultimately. You doubt God ultimately when you say these types of things. It brings it to a greater accountability because it's easy not to say that we don't doubt God. That can make us feel better. But what makes us more aware and accountable is knowing that if I continue in this what if, I'm genuinely, secretly, deep down, 
doubting God. And it's not a judgment call. It's an awareness call. It's for me to be aware. I think I'm doubting God right now. I'm think, I don't think I'm trusting God right now. I think this is really just stopping my, my trust in him. It's really stopping something in my life. So, so you can, you can drop all of the, oh, I don't, I don't doubt God. Yeah, you do. You do it every once in a while. You do it every quarter of the year. You do it whenever there's a situation that you think God can't fit in or work through or fix or get you out of. You doubt. Why? Because you're human. Why? Because you are flesh and bone. Why? Because you are imperfect. That's why you need God. Because God is the perfection to complete you. He completes you. He completes your needs. He completes all of those things in your heart. But until you get to that point, your imperfection will cause you to stumble and it'll cause you to doubt God because you are susceptible to fear. Remember that God will hold you up and protect you from harm. You have nothing to fear when God is fighting for you. When, God, when you know that God fights for you, Fear is not really the the engine anymore in your heart. It's not really the engine. I read this quote the other day, and I want to read it to you. It's a couple of quotes. And it it got me thinking about this message. And I thought it was really good. And I want to show it to you. See if I can find it. Hopefully I can find it. I cannot find it. Oh, well. I do remember how it went, though. If I was full of him, some things wouldn't be as easily attacked to me. If I was really spending time with God, things wouldn't hurt as much. If I was really receiving from God, if I was really taking my time to seek him, things wouldn't be able to destroy me that quick. Things wouldn't really be able to distract me that quick. Things wouldn't be able to traumatize me that quick because I am full of the spirit of God. That is more of a power that God gives. That's why he says, don't be afraid because he's with us. That's the power. And that's my first point tonight. Jesus will fight against your fears. He's willing to fight them. He wants to fight them with you. He wants to combat them with you. You're probably like, okay, so he's saying he's going to fight for my fears. So what do I do? Good question. Lead God to those fears. That's your job. Lead God to those fearful places. Well, well, I haven't been there in a while. I'm kind of nervous about going back there because it's just, it's, it's horrifying. It is horrifying. But God wants to get you to a point where you grow in your faith to bring him to that place, to take him to that place of fear. The moments that you want to forget are the places that God wants to work on. The places, if you want to write that down, you can. The places you want to forget 
the, the things that you want to forget is the things that God wants to work on. Because some of us in here want to forget things, but it's not easily forgettable if it's not healed. It's not easily forgettable if it's not sustained by the great physician. It doesn't work. You can easily forget. You can even use things to forget it. You can use material. You can use drugs. You can use these other things to make it stop, but it doesn't really stop. Because you got to keep going back to these things over and over and over again until the point where it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. I can tell you from firsthand, it doesn't work anymore. The things that I've gone to rather than God to fulfill needs of my past trauma does not work anymore. It took God to do it. It was a job for Jesus to do. It was too big for the, for the pornography to fix. It was too big for the, for the sex and the drugs to fix. It was too big for any of the things that I thought would help me would fix it. It took Christ to fix it. And I can tell you right now, I will never go back to any of those things because it never fixed me in the first place of fear. It was God who fixed it. It was God who sustained my needs. It was God who really fixed what I was going through from my past and he fixed it. He fixed the fear. But he didn't just fix it. He walked me through it. He took me to places where I wasn't really that comfortable, but when he took me and he worked on it with me, it fixed it to the end. It worked. And some of you use, it might not even be, it might not even be any heavy stuff like that. It could be anything. You could use depression as a coping mechanism from past mistakes, from past trauma. You could use jokes as a coping mechanism from past trauma and past mistakes. You can use anything. Anything that's not God can be used against it. Anything can be used against it. And the thing is, is that we aren't even receptible to some of the stuff that we are spoken to right now because distractions happen. Because distractions are the enemy's number one tactic to fear. He's going to use fear to distract you from receiving truth, from receiving peace, from receiving those things and you have to learn to do that. That's your job. Your job is to receive peace. Your job is to ask God to receive joy. Your job is to ask God to receive. God is always accessible. God is always accessible. You always have access to God. If you're a child of God, if you believe in Jesus, you have that. But if you're constantly living in a place of fear, how can you receive God's protection when you're swallowed up in fear? When you're swallowed up in despair, when you're swallowed up in problems, when you're swallowed up in all of those things, 
And this is where you're gonna have to ask God to do that. And you're gonna have to ask God to give you the strength to do that. Because you use, you use everything else but God to help you with those things in your life. And it's not really working. Be honest, it's not working. It works for a moment, but you gotta go back to it. It works for a time, but then you gotta keep reaching for it. You, it works for a time, but you gotta keep paying for it. You gotta keep reaching towards it. You gotta grasp towards it. You gotta crawl towards it. But God, you don't have to crawl towards God. God is not making you walk towards him like you're a slave to, to the master. He wants you to come to him like a child to his father. He is accessible to you. He's accessible to you. He is, he, you have access to him. But if you have become acceptable to fear, he can't fight it. Psalm 56, three through four says, but when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? It's kind of bold that David's saying this because, because David's the guy that also says, Lord, I hope you smash my enemies' heads into, into, the, into the rocks. So he has this lament and he's very honest with his enemies. But at the same time, his spirit speaks. And David's spirit speaks in a way where he's afraid. He feels afraid, but he doesn't have to be. You can feel fear, but you don't have to be afraid. There's a difference between feeling and being. There's a difference between feeling fear and being afraid. Fear comes. Fear is around us. It's like the burning building. It's in atmosphere sometimes. But being afraid is now that is your identity. You're being fearful. You're being afraid. You are acting out in fear. That's different than feeling fear. There's a difference between feeling afraid and being afraid. So where do you have to get to? It's okay to feel fear. People, people think it's a one, it's a black and white thing where it's like, no, you're not supposed to feel afraid or be afraid. No, 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 no. You feel fear. You feel the fear around you. But being afraid is where you're a slave to fear. That's the difference. That's the contrast. Is you being afraid is worse than feeling fear. Yo, I feel, I feel fear. In the morning sometimes, I tell Sarah this sometimes, like I'll wake up in despair. It sounds really weird and it's like, dude, why would you wake up in, 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 in fear and depression and despair? Because I've, there's a thing where, where I'm more, I've had moments in my life where depression has escalated, but it's become more seasonal than it is all the time. And sometimes I'll wake up in the morning like, you know, I'll be fine. I'll feel fine. But sometimes in the morning, I just, I just wake up in this, like, in this despair of like, bro, like this day is going to, this day feels horrible, but nothing has happened in the day yet. Like I'll feel fear and I'll feel the despair when I wake up. I'm just like, I want, I, I want to go back to sleep, but nothing happens during the day. 
And I would be asked that sometimes when I say that, it's like, what do you mean you feel despair? It comes from us. It's be, it comes from the way that sometimes we're wired. Like some of us are wired to feel fear a little bit stronger than others. And I wasn't always like that. I was more of a happy-go-getter type person. And as I've gotten older and I've gotten experience, despair and fear have been more of a higher alert for me than it was when I was younger. Because as a teenager, you're living life, you're running free, you're running wild, you're having fun. But as an adult, there's a fear that you feel. And sometimes even as a kid now, teenagers are more susceptible to fear and anxiety now than they were 20 years ago. And y'all experience fear and anxiety more than any other generation. And I understand that now because even as a teenager, back in the early 2010s, I was experiencing fear and anxiety, the fear of social interaction, the fear of rejection, the fear of, the fear of insecurity of, of will anyone hang out with me while I'm in a youth group that I feel like I should be accepted by. I feel that, I felt that as a teenager and it was a fear. And it wasn't until I started to learn that trusting and not having fear doesn't come at an instant. It takes you to remember like this, this scripture in Psalm 56 where he says, but, but when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid with mortal men? It's a great application to be had in this verse because you can turn this verse into a prayer. You can turn this verse into a prayer telling the Lord, Lord, I am feeling fear right now, but I trust in you. What can more, let's put it in our terms. What can they do? What can they do to me if God is fighting for me? Because that's the boldness of the final phrase of what David is saying. What can mere mortals do to me? A simple way of saying it is, what can they do to me? So that was another fear of mine is I had a fear I had a fear of what people thought about me as a teenager, as, a, as, a, as when I was in college, as a youth pastor. What would people think of me? And there was a fear of thinking that a lot of people didn't like me. Now, nobody said anything. Nobody batted an eye towards me. But there was this fear of who liked me and who didn't. But then you turn to David and you see where it says, what can they do? to me. So I've gotten to the point where I don't care about what people think. As an adult, you kind of get to that point. Like you hear like a dad say something like that, like I'm 39 years old and I don't care about anything anymore. I, I, I dress like a dad. I have a pot belly. I don't care anymore. Like that's, that's, that's generic. What I'm talking about is when people accuse me of things and when people come against me of things, I don't have to be afraid and I don't have to care because the Lord is my defender. When you get to the point where you start telling yourself that the Lord is your defender, you don't have to explain yourself to anybody because that's what we like to do. We like to explain ourselves. We like to explain something that we didn't even do to begin with. And there's going to be important in your life where you're going to be hated for something and you're going to have the fear of feeling like everybody hates you and everybody's against you. But if you would speak how David spoke and say, 
I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can they do to me? Instead of saying, what if they, you have to turn it to, what can they do? What can they do against me? What can this do to me to stop me? Because let me tell you all something. Nothing can stop the calling of God on your life. Nothing. Nothing can stop it. No person can stop it. No opinion can stop it. No situation can stop it. The only thing that can stop it is your decision. That's the only thing that can stop the calling of God on your life is for you to walk away from it. But if I would have listened to other voices, like I said in the beginning, if I would have listened to other voices, if I would have listened to myself, if I would have listened to horrible advice, I wouldn't have been where I am. I wouldn't have been in a place where I would be. So I think, it's, I think it gets to the point where as a teenager, we have to get out of our feelings of decisions and get it to a place where we hear God speak in a place where we need to make a decision. Don't make a decision off of opinions. Don't make a decision out of fear, the feeling of fear. Don't make a decision off of bad advice. Make a decision off of what God speaks, off of what is true, off of what is righteous, off of what is right. Don't make a decision out of feelings or out of despair or out of opinions. You need to make a decision in this where you will not be afraid because you trust God. You feel fear, but you don't have to be afraid. Let me tell you something. When you accept fear, it's an under because because trust is the antidote to fear. Trusting God is the antidote to fear. Trusting Him, no matter what's going on in the fear that you're in, that's trusting God. So when you accept the fear, when you accept the thoughts, when you accept these things, and you let it gargle in your brain that should show you and make yourself aware that you're not genuinely trusting God. Because we can all say that we trust God. We can all say that we trust the Lord. But it takes the action to know that we genuinely trust God. Because here's how you trust God. The way you trust God is when you lose your grip off of the control of what's going on. Trusting God means that you let go of what's going on in your life and you give it to the Lord. So that means you got to let go of the grip. God can't do anything with your hand on the steering wheel. God can't do anything with your control in front of him. God will not, God will wait for your permission to let go of the wheel to where he can put his hand on it. So we blame God for our control. We blame what's going on in our life when we haven't given God full authority. So you blame him for what's going on, but you're the one controlling the scenario. You blame him for what's going on in your life. You blame him for the people that has been in your life, but you have been controlling this the whole time. Because when, once you let go, I'm telling y'all, 
Once you let go of control, God will do his mightiest miracles because when you let go of control, your perspective changes. The perspective changes when you give God control. That means you have to let go of certain mindsets. That means you have to let go of certain things that you have a hard time letting go of. I'm the type of person, I don't, I don't control, I don't try to control people. I don't usually do that. But I like to control things in myself that I probably shouldn't control. That it needs to run a little wild every once in a while. There are certain controls in your life that you are controlling that you need to let go of. Because until you let go of it, God can't do anything. It, until you let go, God cannot do a great work. I had to learn to let go of myself and now let God do a great work within me because I liked controlling myself. I liked controlling my reputation. That's why I had a fear of what people thought about me because I had a control of who I was. But it wasn't until I let God control everything. And it's hard for people who have control problems. Because if you have control problems, you and God are going to have a hard time. A hard time. Because once you let go, God can do his greatest miracle. But as you continue to hold on to what people say, as you continue to hold on to what the situation looks like, as you continue to do that, God can't do his miracle. God can't do his work. God can't do what he's supposed to do in your life until you let go of control. Control might be your biggest enemy. And fear causes, fear is the root of control. You're afraid of losing somebody, so you control them. You control them. You, you, you're about to lose a situation. Ah, oh, you control it. Because if you can control it, you can't, you can't lose it. So you control it in order to not lose it. But what if God is releasing that out of your life because he's in control and he knows what's good for you and you don't really know what's good for you. But he knows and he understands. And you have to ask yourself this question every time you're tempted to where you wanna put on the mask to hide. You have to tell yourself, what can this do to me and what can they do to me? Because your initial thing of when you jump into fear is to run away, put on the mask, hide. But there is a boldness that God wants to give you tonight. There's a boldness God wants to give you in the midst of your fears. Instead of wearing the mask, he wants you to boldly be in faith to trust him, even in the midst of fear. When God is for you, nothing can be against you. Next time you feel afraid, instead of putting the, on the mask to hide, consciously choose to stay vulnerable and place your trust in God. And it's a simple prayer. It's asking the Lord, saying, Lord, I am afraid, but I put my trust in you. I have nothing to fear. And that's my final point, the application is this, boldly put your faith in God in the midst of fear. God wants to give you boldness through fear. 
Because fear, if the devil can say one thing to you, because the devil doesn't have to use something real. He can just say something and it is strong enough of a fear to keep you inside the house, to keep you from driving out of the parking lot, from keeping you in your room isolated. It'll keep you in a place because you have been accepted to fear, a slave to fear. But it isn't until you let God give you the boldness through the power of his spirit in order for you to be not afraid of fear, still feel it. There's a lot of things that I'm afraid of, but it's not, it's not, it's not the green light for me. God is the green light. God is the one who knows when I should go and when I should stop. He is in full control. So that's why fear for some of us is hard because we think we're losing control when we're really not. We never had control of it to begin with. God wants us to let go of fear. It's still there, but we have to release what it is and let him control the situation. Put your faith in God in the midst of fear. With every head bowed and every eye closed, tonight, let's choose to take off the mask that we hide behind fear and anxiety. Instead, let's ask God tonight or let him know and say, I am putting my trust in you, Lord. What can they do to me? And know this, no person or situation can overcome God's protection for you. His protection is always on you. The favor of God is always on you. The question is, which voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the fearful voices or are you listening to the voice of God? With no one looking around, I just want to take a moment If that's you, I want you to take a moment as we get in a prayer mode. I want you to ask the Lord. Matter of fact, I want you to tell him something. That's something that, you're, that you have to do in prayer. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, I am afraid, but I trust you. Sometimes you got to be real with God and tell him exactly what's going on. And you have to tell him, Lord, I am afraid, but I trust in you. Lord, I am fearful of what the next situation is going to be. The next chapter is going to be. The next season is going to be. But I trust you. I'm afraid because I don't know what's certain right now. There's a lot of uncertainty and I have a lack of control right now. Lord, I need you to help me with my control. I need you to help me trust you with this uncertainty that I don't know. The certainty of, I don't know what's next, but you do. There is a, there is a comfort to know that even though you don't know, he knows. If God knows you, formed you, loves you, takes care of you, wants to love you, wants to deliver you, wants to protect you. If that's who God is, how can we not trust him with uncertainty? 
if he knows what's good for us, if he knows what we need, why can't we trust him with tomorrow? Why can't we trust him with what we don't know? Why can't we trust him with his control? We need to trust God's control and release our own. So Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to release control to where fear does not make us make the decision out of control. Lord, help us, Lord, when we get into fear that we don't turn to control. Lord, when we get into fear that we don't run away. When we get into fear, we don't fall back. But Lord, when we get fearful, we speak life over ourselves. We speak the word of God over us. We speak the word, Lord, where you say, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Lord, I pray that we would use the word to remind us that fear does not have a grip on us, that we don't have to control when we're afraid, that we don't have to manipulate when we're afraid, that we don't have to get aggressive when we're afraid, or that we can trust in you when we're afraid, that we can give you this. Freedom doesn't come with control. Control doesn't bring freedom. Trusting in you does. So Father, we release control we give you full trust and I pray that we can believe that it is in your hands that we need to stop trying to control scenarios and control people when we're afraid and I pray that we would trust in you when people talk bad about us the Lord is our defender when the situation gets ugly the Lord has favor upon us and we are protected. When I feel like I don't know what comes next in this season, I know that the Lord is guiding my boat. He's guiding my boat through the waters, through the storm, through the waves, the windy waves. He knows me and he sees what's going on and he knows where I'm going. You gotta remind yourself. So Lord, I pray that that would be a reminder that we, that the reason why we're, we're accepting fear is because we don't remind ourselves of who you are because we don't remind ourselves of what you have said in your word. So Father, I ask, Lord, that we would remember what you have spoken, what you have said, and what you have done in our lives. Lord, we thank you for fear is not the final say. The fear is not my future, you are. Fear is not my decision, you are my decision. Fear is not my feeling. You are, you are the feeling, Lord. You are the emotion I need to tend to. You make my emotions clear. You make my thoughts straight. You maneuver my heart to purity. You know, and we thank you that you are who you are, guiding us through fear. No more running to a mask. You are the Lord and you will walk us into freedom and peace and freedom and victory and joy and all other things that you promise. We thank you, we praise you, and we bless you and honor you for the rest of our days as we breathe on this earth until our last breath, we praise you. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.